I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Start a Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through the Tacklebox membership, and we think through startup strategy every Wednesday on the Idea to Start Up Podcast. You're here because you're thinking about an idea, or you're ready to launch something, or you already launched something and you're running full steam ahead. We're here to help with the counterintuitive stuff. On to it. Today, we'll talk about categories. To do that, we'll talk about electric bikes, protein bars, and a mattress brand. By the time we get to the mattress brand, you'll have the hang of categories. By the end of the pod, you'll have a new perspective on how to start a business, unless you know this stuff already. In which case, at least you'll hear a couple of good stories and pass 15 minutes or so before UNC plays those cheaters from eight miles down the road, Duke, in the final four. But first, we've got to talk about constraints, because categories stem directly from constraints. I love constraints. They're usually the key to being successful at anything, and startups are no exception. Growing up, my mom and I used to play a game where she'd draw some random lines on a page, and I had to use those lines to draw a picture. This always led to a better and more creative drawing than if I'd started from scratch with the intention of drawing something from memory, or the plant in front of me, or my dog for the 200th time. I'd stare at the lines for a minute or two before a shape would jump out. A lion arching its back into a big yawn, or a spaceship taking off, or Patrick Ewing soaring to the hoop for a dunk. Then I'd finish the drawing. When I'm stuck trying to think of an idea for the pod, I use constraints. Sometimes I write a wacky title, then need to draft a pod that lives up to it. Sometimes I'll cram three ideas that make absolutely no sense together, together, and see what comes of them. I make it work. This is usually where my best episodes come from. Constraints allow humans to unleash one of their best skills, the ability to take a few bits of information and quickly organize them into something coherent. We do it all day and it'd be impossible to live if we didn't. When you walk into the grocery store and see a can of tomato sauce from a brand you've never seen before, you can't think, hmm, I wonder if this tomato sauce has sardines and cauliflower in it, or I wonder if it costs 45 cents or $200. Our brains can't handle treating everything new as a blank slate, so when you interact with something, you quickly file it into a category you're comfortable with. You see a jar that looks like tomato sauce and assign it all the characteristics you associate with tomato sauce so that you can make a decision and move on with your life. A price, a taste, a use case, and how you normally act around it. It may not sound like it, but this is a massive insight for people building startups. Because you're going to be that new can of tomato sauce to literally everyone when you start. Every customer is going to see you and in a split second put you into some category and assign you all the characteristics of that category. Maybe you want those characteristics and maybe you don't. That category is going to dictate who you compete against. You definitely want to say in that. Ignoring categories leaves way too much to chance and that's what we're going to talk about today. About how to not do that. We'll dig in after some smooth jazz. This is the Idea to Start a Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. And before we dig in, we've got two things to share. First, we're taking in two new clients. In addition to entrepreneurs, we work with three larger companies at a time in a consultative manner at Tacklebox. We help them validate or disprove potential customers and products before they build them. It's pretty similar to what we do with startups just for businesses trying to grow. Normally, the companies we work with have been successful with one product or customer, and they're trying to launch something new. We run a two or three month program consisting of two week sprints to validate and test this new customer, an acquisition channel, a product, and a business model. 
We usually have something live by the end, often a pilot, and you're able to make a database decision on whether to pursue this customer and product further or not. We also teach you the process so that when we're gone, you can run it on your own. Two clients found customers to build for and are rolling off, so we've got two slots opening up next quarter. Email team at gettacklebox.com with a quick note on why you're interested and we'll get back to you. Second, and maybe more excitingly for most people listening, for the entrepreneurs, we're running Entrepreneurs with Jobs Getting Coffee live in New York City on April 6th in the West Village. We would love to see you there. The event is exactly what it sounds like, a bunch of entrepreneurs with jobs having coffee before work and talking about what they're up to. RSVP at gettacklebox.com slash no whisper ideas. Back to it. I visited my sister in Southern California recently and she and her husband had bought electric bikes a few months before. They live near-ish to the beach, but there's an enormous hill in the way. Parking at the beach is a pain in the butt and riding a regular bike up that hill is downright offensive. Plus, my sister and her husband surf all the time, so they're usually exhausted by the time they've got to hop on their bike to go home and they're lugging a surfboard. It's not happening. Initially, they'd wanted to buy an old beat-up pickup truck. They'd toss their boards in the bed and cruise down the beach. If that sounds impossibly cool, that's because it is, and unfortunately, they weren't the only two to think about it. Pickup trucks are rare and prohibitively expensive on the West Coast. By the way, if you're working on a company that makes like $15,000 pickup trucks with electric engines that go maybe 30 miles per hour max and kind of look like 1989 Toyota Tacomas, you're going to clean up in Southern California. Anyway, they got electric bikes and they love them. They ride them everywhere and they say they basically only use the car two to three times a month now when they go over 15 miles to see friends or go to the airport or go into the city or something. After they decided the pickup was a no-go, they'd spent a few weeks researching bikes, spending a bunch of time in the store with a salesperson, going through all the features. Did they want longer battery life or higher max speed? Bigger tires or better shocks? Was 1800 too expensive or were they willing to go up to 2000 What was the lifespan of these bikes anyway? They eventually Goldilocks themselves to the bikes that they have now and again they love them. And they say that all the features they were deciding between were basically irrelevant. They'd have been happy with any bike there. The scenario I just described is an absolute disaster if you are a startup making electric bikes, which is counterintuitive since e-bike sales are booming. But my sister and her husband treated them like a commodity. Commodities equal eventual race to the bottom. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, which, if you're wondering, is the Duke basketball team pack of cheaters. But this is where categories come in, and this is a hard example and purposefully so, but we're going to give it a shot. If I was going to start a company selling e-bikes, I'd make sure I never ended up in that store, side by side with 20 other bikes being evaluated on minutia. It's like trying to stand out in the cereal aisle at the grocery store alongside 200 other brands. Instead, I'd want to compete against something else, something I chose. I'd want to be in a different category. Maybe that category would be used cars. The difference between a used car and an electric bike is enormous, and for the right customer, that's a battle I can win. Suddenly, people aren't thinking about 10 or 10 and a half hours of battery life. They're thinking about $15,000 versus $1,800. They're thinking about finding parking spots versus locking the bike on the beach, about cruising to the grocery store with their sunglasses on and a basket on the back, or filling up the gas tank as prices soar. The question then becomes, how can you make sure you aren't seen as an e-bike, but as an alternative to a car? 
How can you make sure customers put you in that category? I could zoom in on that upstream inflection point, knowing that the first thing my customer does before they end up buying an electric bike is probably try and buy a used pickup truck. I could put up pop-up shops and sell my bikes next to used car dealerships. I could advertise on used car sites and on Bring a Trailer, a popular place for people looking for old pickup trucks. I could avoid using the term electric bike at all costs and instead describe it as something like an earth-friendly version of a 1985 F-150. Everywhere on my site, I'd compare my bikes to a car with the specific use cases my customer had in mind. Surfing, groceries, work, seeing friends. If I wanted to really lean into the car replacement angle, I could even raise the price of the bike and offer $100 a month in Uber credits for the first six months, becoming a true alternative that encapsulates those two or three 15-mile-plus trips every month or so. Competing against something way more expensive gives you pricing flexibility. The constraint of competing against the car will make you creative. I have no clue if any of that would work, but I trust that you get the point. I do know that just letting yourself fall into the category of electric bike in a store alongside a bunch of other bikes being evaluated on the long tail features is not a place you want to be. If I can get myself in a category where I stand alone, I'm in good shape. If I can't, if I just get default put into a category with a ton of competition, I'm not sure I even want to start that business. Choose the right category. The protein bars my family eats are in the refrigerated section of the grocery store next to all the fresh produce. This makes me assume they're fresh and that they need to stay refrigerated or else they'll go bad because again, they're fresh. Well, that's at least what I assumed until I looked at the packaging. In small letters on the back of these bars, it says, quote, these bars do not need refrigeration. This is all a ploy. It's a category shift. Move the protein bar out of the section with 700 nearly identical brands of protein bars and into the fresh food section. It must be fresh then, since it's here, and it's tastier and more convenient than a carrot, so it's an easy choice. The protein bar company chose not to compete against Cliff and Power Bar and RX, and chose to be seen in a different category, as a fresh food. This lets them compete against less appealing, albeit probably healthier, options. Brilliant. Which brings us to our mattress startup. Hopefully, you can see exactly where I'm going with this. Categories aren't rocket science, but they are criminally underused. People don't think about this stuff before they build startups, so I wanted to make sure you at least had it in your mind. It can be a huge help. Anyway, back to our mattresses. Sleep is a massive problem, but the mattress industry is mature. How can you choose a category so you aren't competing against the Casper and Purple group of VC-backed marketing behemoths or the higher-priced custom mattresses that have been around for years and have tons of brand loyalty? How can you make sure customers see you in the category that you want and don't just lump you in with other mattresses? Maybe you've got a mattress that's extremely good for back pain. How can you position it as an alternative to spending three days a week in physical therapy? How can it be in that category? You don't need 45 minutes three times a week. You need your muscles to actually relax and reset at night. Our mattress helps with blood flow to help you actually heal. Maybe you lean into data about cognitive function relating to sleep and position yourself as an alternative to a career coach. Maybe your customer doesn't need a new career. They need rest so that they can reach their potential at the one they're at. Maybe you put yourself in the category of marriage counselors. You're both just tired. 
You don't need to work on your marriage. You just need a good night's sleep. Our mattress has heat settings for each side of the bed, which is the cause of poor sleep quality in 85% of couples. Mental health, productivity, parenting, choosing the category you compete in, understanding the job your customer is really hiring your product to do, and matching those two up before you build is critical. And you can and should test this out in lightweight ways as early as possible. Anything you'd like to build has multiple potential categories. Some you can win, others you can't. Don't leave it to chance. Choose the place where you want to compete. Choose your category. And if you want to talk through this stuff with us, join the membership. Head to GetTackleBox.com and we can work through categories and strategy and everything else. Have a great week and go Heels!